0: Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson.
1: Thanks for tuning in. My name is Becky Olson, I'm the co founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer, a motivational speaker, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And if you're a first-time listener, I hope that you will consider subscribing to our show and listen in again because we we have different guests every week and different topics every week. And thank you for finding us this time, and we hope that you'll continue to listen. And if you're a regular listener, please, please, please share our podcast with all your friends. That's how we grow our our base of listeners and that helps us get sponsors down the road. So please do that for us and uh, happy listening today. And we have a really fascinating guest but before I bring her on I wanted to share something that I did this weekend that was uh, pretty pretty cool I think. You know I think we all, we all have ideas of things that we've always wanted to do someday and I always had this vision of of painting, and I don't mean painting walls in my house because I do that all the time, but <laughs> painting a picture and doing something with acrylics or, and I, I've done a little bit with charcoal, but never really done anything, you know, officially with with that's that's frameable, etc. And I went to a class this weekend, and it was called Paint Night, and. It was pretty cool. This is one of those classes where you sign up for the class that has a picture that you want to paint. They put a, a sample of what you're going to learn. And so I did this one with a lighthouse. And I was it was very detailed on the, on the image, but I went and signed up for it anyway. And I was a little bit nervous because I had this, this vision that it would not turn out anything like the original that we were going to be learning from and from the artist that would be teaching us. And when I got there I kind of stressed I stated that to one of the gals that was helping to set up and she said you'll be surprised at how beautiful your piece is going is going to be. And I thought yeah right okay. Well I'll tell you they walk you through you start with a blank blank canvas and they give you all the brushes and the paints and they start you through step by step on how to do this. And I did it. And I was done. It took about three hours. And when I walked out of there, I had a 16 by 20 painting that was dry and and worthy of being hung on my wall. Now, did it look anything like hers? Not not really. I mean, it had similar colors and it was a lighthouse with water and sky and plants, but but it was my version of that. And and I kind of took some liberties with it because I knew mine would never be as pristine as hers and my plants wouldn't look as good as hers so I took the abstract route (laughs) and made mine a little bit more I don't know um, just me I guess and my friend that went with me she looked at it and she goes Becky your your picture is is very lively it looks like it's awake and moving that was really a nice compliment and so it's hanging on my wall now is it the best piece of art in our house heck no but it's mine and I'm sharing this with you because I know that we all have little things that maybe we've always wanted to try and we're scared to try for whatever reason or we just put it off. And, you know, I've now got this beautiful piece of art that means something to me personally because I did it and I tried it and it's beautiful to me. (laughs) So my husband actually likes it too, which is good because he has to live here too. Um, But anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because I think it's worthy of of investigating these things and if you have something on your mind like that give it a try just you know if it's music or singing or painting or reading or writing maybe writing an article for a magazine if you've always had this idea it's there for a reason it's very possible that it has been planted in your spirit because you're supposed to do it so pay pay tribute to that and, and, and make it happen because it's going to be worthwhile so today our guest is pretty um, pretty fascinating. She is from Brazil, and I have had the two opportunities to speak with her by phone, and um, I just love this woman. She has a tremendous background, and I'm not even going to tell you about her background. I'm going to let her come on and, and talk with us about it. So our guest today, and I really hope I don't mess up her name because it's a it's a toughie. I've been practicing it. Janania Piazzetta. Love that she's Brazilian, Italian. She speaks four languages. Um, brilliant woman, and she's also the founder of an organization called H Three, and we'll talk about that toward the end. So, welcome, Jananya. Thank you so much for coming to um to my show today, and um, just welcome to the program.
2: Thank you, Becky.
1: Um- my name is
2: basically my my name is Janimaria Maria Piazzetta, but I am only known as Janinha. Which in Portuguese we have the tendencies to always put the words, the names in in the diminutive, which is you know it's a way
1: of showing some affection and love. So, so did I say Janinha when I introduced you, or did I say Janania? It doesn't matter, but Janina <laughs> is fine, and if you wanna call
2: me Jenny, it's fine as well.
1: <laughs> well, I think I've been practicing it, and I think I said it wrong. I'm gonna have to go back and listen when this is when this is back on our host page. Um, but it's anyway, so- <laughs> welcome. I wanna so- thank you for the
2: opportunity, <laughs> Becky. It's um, you know uh, it's an honor to be here talking yeah. to
1: you today. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. So, thank you. Let's start by talking about where you were born, what tell us, just tell us about your childhood a little bit. I was born in the city uh, of Bento Gonçalves, the wine
2: town in southern Brazil, where we have wine instead of water running through the pipes. <laughs> it's, it's true. We we have a lots of wine there. And they're literally speaking wine, cheese, homemade italian food and family are the most important things i well, used to to smash you know grapes lots of grapes mm-hmm. with my feet when i was a child a kid in order to help my father make the special
1: homemade wine and we're talking about many many years ago of course so you actually did stomp them with your bare feet yes i love it and
2: and <laughs> and, and and because i was the the only one that, I was smaller than everybody else, so they used to put me inside of the pipes, to clean <laughs> the pipes, and as a child, that was amazing, it was really something fascinating, you know, before they, they made the wine, and after, when and when the grapes are already fermented, and they they do the, the, they move out, so that's the time that I go in to,
1: to clean again, and it was fun for us kids, you know. Well, I I don't know about you. That's not sounding very fun to me. The stomping the grapes part would be, but cleaning the pipes afterwards from inside the pipes, that they must have been some pretty big pipes. I, I pictured like little ones, but they're not little. They're, they must have been pretty good so size.
2: For a kid, they're big. You yeah. Know? And also you have to remember, you know, Kids, we love different things, you know, and that was something really amazing. Once a year, we had a chance to do something special.
1: For us, it was a special treat. Well, that's cool. It's kind of like my painting,
2: <laughs> my painting like class painting. that I took, yeah. And, <laughs> that's and then, awesome. And then, you know, my mother was amazing chef, you know. She cooked really, really well. So did my father. So I grew up with this abundance of... Foods, you know, uh, and at the time we didn't have this thing called organic, but our our vegetables, they were organic. My mother used to say, go to the backyard and get me some parsley, get me some carrots, you know, things like that. It used to be
1: so healthy, you know. Yeah, uh, and I don't know when pesticides came onto the scene, but it, probably when you're growing things in your backyard, you're not going out and buying pesticides. So uh,
2: Becky, that's what I want to kind of... Um, Um, say something because we got to a point that we used to have many diseases in the grapes uh, fields. And sometimes they were very threatening, you know. It was the only income that they had. And suddenly, I remember, my father came home and said, wow, they came up with this uh, pesticide that kills everything. So, they start to use those there were many different ones, those pesticides, but they were not educated to wear a mask while they were, you know, putting in the the field, and I remember I was exposed to that as well. My father had a cough that forever, he died with that cough, my brother died of cancer, and... And I was diagnosed with cancer at 28 years old. So wow. I had, from my childhood, where those days I used to help my brother, my father, to spray this pesticide. So they mm. need the help because sometimes the hose gets stuck. And so we were there to help those little things. But I remember when they passed by me, the wind brought that,
1: you know, that pesticide that I inhaled, you know. Oh man, uh, that must have been kind of life changing for all of you to to go from I think organic and
2: twelve years ago, I was visiting my hometown and there was a doctor from Michigan University. She was doing a research why a lot of the farmers, the winemakers, are dying of cancer from cancer. You know. So, I I never follow up with her because I just heard of her. I I, I didn't meet her at the time, but they were doing this amazing research because I remember my father's friends, a lot of um, the farmers, they were diagnosed with cancer, Mm. many, many of them. So, I believe that being exposed to something so strong, like they were, these pesticides, and not being educated to use to wear a mask, to put gloves on. They were just going with their bodies
1: and that's it, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, as back that back in the day, a lot of people we just didn't understand that it's like women smoking while they're and drinking while they're pregnant. There was just a time when we didn't have all the scientific data that we have now, we didn't know to protect ourselves from from these things, and it seems so obvious now. But you know, back in the day, it just you know we're putting spraying the stuff on because it kills the bugs. Well, what's if it's killing the bugs, what's it doing to us? And we just didn't it was, exactly. know. We we didn't know any better back then. So you know, we, it, it, while it's so obvious now, it's hard to. You know, hold anything against anybody back then for for doing those things because you we just didn't know. But listen, before we move on with your with the, where you are now in your story, I want to go back to because you had a very traumatic childhood. You had you know, besides climbing inside of, of wine pipes and cleaning, <laughs> that
2: was fun. That was <laughs> which sounds like fun, that not was dramatic.
1: Fun. Um, but you've had some really really troubling things happen in your life, and. You know, the, you had a brain injury when you were just a little kid, around five or six years old. What what was what was that about?
2: I was a, I was playing with my cousin and again, we were playing with the leftovers grapes. It was they were dry, you know, and we were rolling, rolling, and one day I rolled an extra step and I fell. Oh uh, and and it was very high defense. And I opened my, my, my head, and and I remember the time, it was like, I even said to my cousin, oh, let's go, because maybe our parents are going to get upset with us, but I couldn't, so basically, uh, my mother healed me with herbs, uh, because it was a very difficult time for my parents, and my father used to say, I don't have uh, health insurance, I don't have money, how are we going to take her to the doctor? So my mother just healed me with herbs, and um, it was a very tough time. And and in that at that time, I remember that one day while I was healing, I found a book called *Metamorphoses* by Franz Kafka. And somehow this this book had such a big impact, you know, its story, you know, on my childhood. Because basically, you know, it's a traveling salesman waking to find himself transformed into a gigantic insect. <laughs> and, and rather than lamenting his transformation, he worries about how he will get to his job as a traveling salesman because he's the family provider. So all these things, it was very, very, very touching for me, this book. And I was, it was in between, you know, while I was healing from this brain injury. And then right after my brain injury, I remembered also that I went I went through some um, sexual molestation. And that also was very strong in
1: my childhood. Oh, but my.
2: But I overcame and life goes on, right?
1: Yeah. Um, well, it does, it does. When you're healthy, Um, for some it's hard. Sometimes when people go through a trauma, it's not always easy to overcome it and have life go on. And and I guess that's part of our show today is how do we overcome trauma? And you know when it starts at such a young age like yours did, um, it's it's not always easy. It can take years. No, but I I
2: I, it's it's something that I wanna kind of hold on these few factors.
3: Okay. Because
2: later on in the interview, we can talk about some factors that it might help me to get diagnosed with breast cancer because we can talk about that later. Okay, sure.
1: And well, let's, let's go back to the – so you so you were growing up in – this was all in Brazil, right? This is in Brazil, yes. So okay. I when I was rolling, I,
2: I fell and there was a, a sharp stone waiting for me. I
1: opened my mind uh, – my head, sorry – and uh, that's, that's okay. I have to say, I'm, I'm super impressed with your language skills because you speak four languages, right? And um, I'm, I'm just kind of blown away that you even know the word metamorphosis. I can barely say it by myself. <laughs> and it's an English word, and I'm supposed to be able to speak better, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> so but no. I think we all go through these metamorphosis in life
2: and we have different phases of metamorphosis. So we have the childhood, we have the teenagers, time we have then the young woman and so on so we all go through this every day even in during the day we have a, a metamorphosis from the day that from the time that we wake up
1: and the time we go to that <laughs> okay right? now you're just showing off that you can say that word because you've said it like four times a month <laughs> but you know so you are crack back the ahead a meal on my childhood <laughs> yeah well listen so you came to the u.s. eventually what how did that happen and how old were you when you when you made the move did you come with your family
2: by mm-hmm. yourself how did that go so you know as a teen, teenager i moved to to another city i used to work during the day and study in the evening i was uh, sharing an apartment with my sister when my cousin one day Decided to move with me. We are very close. We have the same name and the the same last name. But she was taller. That's why I became Little Jenny, which is Jenny in Portuguese. And she's the big Jane, Jenny. So um, one day she was working in, in a bank and someone offered her a trip to New York. And she went to New York. A year later she came back. She said, Would you like to come with me? I said, of course I'm there So I moved to New York with her I spent 10 years in New York City I mean imagine the 80s in New York City
1: It was an amazing time
2: mm-hmm. I,
1: I love to talk about that time It was really mm-hmm. fun Well let's talk about it when we come back from break Because I just realized I wasn't paying any attention We are um, at the break time So let's go ahead and do that And we'll pick this up on the other side So stay tuned we'll be back in a minute
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit BreastFriends.org and contribute today.
3: When was the last time you felt free?
1: Welcome back to our program. I now have a second opportunity to mess up her name, so I'm going to try, try a little better this time. So we've been talking about surviving trauma with our guest, Janina Piazzetta. Was it closer that time? Yes, very well, very well. <laughs> okay, said. good. So you were living in New York, and I know yeah, you so had another bit of trauma in New York. What happened?
2: Well, I I arrived in New York. I was 17. I became 18 a month later, and uh, so I had I spent 10 years in New York and I had fun, believe me. I had really fun and I had an opportunity to even work with celebrities. I used to help Jack Onassis, Barbara Streisand, David Bowie. I used to work in a very fancy gourmet and- uh, I'm sorry, a fancy what? Gourmet.
1: Gourmet. Uh, okay. Yeah.
2: It was from Eli Zabar's, which it's called EAT in New York City, he's in the east side. And, uh, Are we talking his- about a restaurant? Yes. Okay. It was, it was, <laughs> okay. And also they used to do catering and very fancy foods. So I used to work there and then I became a manager of uh, of uh, uh, a gourmet in, in the village. And then from there I came to Miami. But before I came to Miami, one day I, I got a phone call that my mother was sick in Brazil. She was diagnosed with breast cancer. So, I gave up my life in New York and I went to Brazil. And while I was in Brazil working and taking care of my mother, I had a car accident. I had a brain injury car accident, which I was in coma for 20 days. And basically, I had to, I call born again. I have this essay that I did a while in college. Um, Basically, I, uh, I had to learn how to speak, how to walk again. And because I lost my memory, and uh, right after that moment, my father got sick and passed away. But my mother is still alive, <laughs> so it was wow. a it was a very strong time. And 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 I used to consider New York my home. So after my father passed away, I said to my mom, I have to go back home. But when I came back home, New York, uh, it was too much for. For someone who's healing from a brain injury, so sometimes I used to get lost in the city because I was
1: confused walking around. So do my think pers- that, did the second brain injury have anything to do with the first one that you had as a child?
2: No, they were two different things.
1: Completely two. So it wasn't completely, It wasn't completely. like it reopened the old wound or? No, no. not okay. that I
2: know. I know that, okay. you know, the doctors in Brazil, they didn't want me to come back here. I had a spot of blood in my brain and a few other things. But I was so determined that New York was my home and I had to go back home. I stayed as much as I could. My father passed away. I told my sister to take care of my mom, and I just came back, you know, to New York. And that's when I saw what the doctor was saying, you know. I remember the manager giving me back the jobs, and then one day I asked him, how do we do this? And he said, I don't understand. You knew this so well. I said, well, I have to tell you the truth. I had a brain injury car accident. I lost my memory. So, I am healing now, getting it back, but there are things that I don't remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, at that moment, he said, you have full-time job and all oh, my support. God bless wow. you. It was amazing what he did wow. at that moment. But, oh it was, but it was too much, you know, subways. It was, the speed was too fast for someone uh, recovering from a brain injury, car accident, which I was in coma for 20 days, you know. So my cousin said let's go to Miami. I am going and you are coming with me.
1: So here I am. <laughs> Love that. Boy, she's a bossy cousin. I like her though. Oh, we are like sisters, you know. That's very, great. very good best friends, you know. That's, that's and wonderful. she was
2: having some issues, so she was running away from her things and she said come with me because right. she saw what I was dealing with. So when we arrived in South Beach, which we are talking about 1992 93 94 there was nothing basically and we were on ocean drive the main street that used to be so famous in south beach so i consider myself one of the developers of south beach the explorers actually not developers but explorers Mm -hmm. you know um so i at that moment i you know we were having fun and my cousin decided to go back to Brazil, and she had a car accident and passed away. Oh, my so, gosh. So, there I was on Ocean Drive, South Beach, one of the most famous places. It was the beginning of its uh, great years, and I was by myself, healing from a car accident, and I didn't know what to do. So, I, my first thing was, let's go back to school. I took my GED. And then I went and while I was taking my GED studying for the GED classes, I met Al Gore and his uh, production company. They were visiting Miami, they were visiting the schools. It was an amazing experience. That's interesting.
1: Went, I've never thought of a presidential candidate as having a, a
2: well, production company. Well, it was already company. the vice president. I mean, the, when I say production company, it was the government, you know, the people that produce all the events with the president and oh, uh, got it, got it, got the, it their, got their own it. people. And I remember that one of them, he fell in love with me. He invited me to follow him, to go all over, to travel the world. And I said, no, I am too
1: busy with my GED. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. I'm super impressed with that. I don't know. Today
2: I look back, I could have had great (laughs) opportunities in life. And then I said, no, I am going back. I am busy because
1: I'm studying for the GED. Well, so anyway, I'm I'm proud of you for that. That was that was probably tempting, but I'm glad you. I think you made the right call. Listen, before we run out of time, let's let's move on to your, to you. You had a breast cancer diagnosis. So and
2: so uh, I went back to school, and while I was doing my master's degree, two semesters before I was ending the the master's degree, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And, and what, I remember, year, what year was that? That was uh, 2004. It was October 17, 2004. Wow. And I remember that I said to the doctor, No, 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 I help my, because my whole family died with cancer, you know, of cancer, from cancer. And cousins, aunts, my father, my mother, I always, my brother, you know, I said, No, I help them. Therefore, I shouldn't have <laughs> but I did I did and I was full-time student no health insurance and no family basically so it was a, a tough time and when one in the middle of the treatment I had a side effect and I didn't know what to do you have to understand that 15 years ago Google wasn't what it is today I remember to get the yellow pages to look for help so that was the time, you know, one day I had a, a bad side effect from chemo session and the doctors were not calling me. And I said, I have to start a group that we can support the cancer patients. So <laughs> I, I walked into the library in South Beach and I said, I want to start a group. And they called me back 20 minutes later that I was approved. So it was the oh. breast cancer support group. I didn't even give a name. Like breast cancer support group. But after the first uh, meeting, or the second meeting, I, I had I had to move to to, to something else because, uh, unfortunately, people have an idea that breast cancer support group. It's a group where people come and cry, and you know, it's a sad thing, and so. What I did it I started to bring guest speakers Good. from different modalities. And it was amazing. For three years, once a month, there I was with great, great guest speakers from the alternative side. We even had two doctors. We had a sexologist. It was amazing, amazing. And uh, by the third year, because I was at the library and I couldn't ask for donations, that was the time that I decided to... Go for nonprofit and the name came. H3, health,
1: hope, healing. So I, I love that story. You know, that's very similar, I mean, kind of to how we started Breast Friends. We wanted to give back and do something different, and we didn't want it to be all about just having a support group where people would come and and you know, not all support groups are are the same. I mean, sometimes you know, somebody will cry and and they'll share their story. And, and, but, you know, if you don't like, and I guess to our audience who might be listening right now, I'm going to encourage you not to be afraid of support groups, but yes, because some of them are very much as was just described, but, um, but they're not all created equal, I guess. And you need to find one that, that suits your particular needs at the moment. If you're looking for strength and support, that's going to be maybe a different kind of group than, where maybe everybody is new and everybody is um, still hurting and in pain. And so there is, you're going to see more of that. But once you get into more of an established group, you've got people that have been there for a while and they're going to be able to be more encouraging and supportive because they've come through it. And so I just wanted to say that because not all support groups are exactly are like I, that. So.
2: Myself, I used to belong to Jackson Hospital and I used to go to the Mount Sinai breast cancer group
1: mm-hmm.
2: one, one one of the things that I noticed with, with the breast cancer groups is that the patients sometimes they're too tired they just had a session of chemo and they don't feel like going to a support mm-hmm. group but somehow I was lucky because I, I had three four women and actually one of them we knew each other she was she's a singer and I said what are you doing here you know so we laugh and hug but we became, the three, four of us, we became so strong and we were like so much supporting each other, you know. So, breast cancer uh, support groups are amazing and yes, you have to look for yours, what is, what is really s- something that speaks to you. Mm-hmm. And there are several in, th- in, in the city, hospitals also offer breast cancer support groups. But, you know, everything is about us. You right. know, if I need help, I'm going to keep looking for help. Yep, That's absolutely. the way it goes, you know.
1: Yep. Well, you know, I think when you're going through something like this, it's okay for a time for it to be about you. You know, and we always think that it's selfish if it's all about me. Well, there are times when it is all about, about me. You know?
2: But I want to just say one thing
1: here, you know, although, you know, I,
2: I overcame many traumas in life. I am a very happy person. I when I came to Miami, I was already working with music in New York City and then mm-hmm. in Miami I used to work for a non-profit organization and we used to promote music concerts and we I was very happy, you know, going to school, work with musicians, music. I am a, I'm, I consider myself a very happy person. Are you a musician too? No, I can't play an instrument. Can you sing? uh no uh i don't have i don't have that drive in me i love it but i i i don't hear well the the notes i Uh and like when i go out so my ear for music is not that great so when i am out i don't see that i'm out and the musicians point out to me oops i have to come back on you know So, I decided to become a music promoter instead of a musician.
1: That's okay. There's the king, there's the kingmaker, you know.
2: (laughs) Right. So, for a while, I was doing that. So, that's why I do so well uh, events, you know. I always did events. When I was a child, my mother used to take care of big parties in the village, and they used to cook for like 200 people. So, I used to help her to prepare Uh the food. So... And it was an event, you know, my mother also used to take care of the church. She used to decorate the church. She, so she was very good at but I was always next to her, helping her.
1: So I I, I learned a great deal with my mother. I really did. Well, let's, let's go back to your cancer journey for just a moment. Um, I know we're kind of all over the map right now, but that's okay. Um, I want to know a little bit more about the treatments that you did for, for cancer. Now, you said, did I hear you say you didn't have insurance at the time when you were diagnosed? No, I didn't. Okay, so what did you do for treatments and how how were you treated by the professionals because you didn't have insurance? How did, how did that work out for you? Well,
2: we have a hospital here in Miami, a state hospital called Jackson Memorial Hospital. Okay. So uh, I went there because... The way, I, it's funny because I was doing mammograms already with that young age once a year because I mm-hmm. was, um, because of my family history, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I had a mass in one side that was benign. So I was very, very like on top of myself in terms That's of good. rest, you know, mm-hmm. but yet one day uh, I am having a. General doctor consultation. She found a lump, and she sent me. It took me three months to get a consultation. But Jackson Memorial Hospital, if you prove your income and you can pay for the private consultation, or you don't have insurance, it's a state hospital. They would take you in, and they took me in, and they also gave me an opportunity to choose doctors. You know,
0: wow. uh, going That's to be great. my
2: surgeon. And I remember that when I had uh, health insurance. Uh, prior to that year, I used to go to Dido Franceschi. He's a surgeon at Sylvester Hospital, University of Miami. And I chose him to operate me. I remember that. I was like, wow. Because University of Miami, all the doctors from the University of Miami Hospital practice at Jackson Hospital. So we have the best of the best of the best. So um, I made a decision to have... Both conventional, after three opinions, plus Jackson Hospital's doctors, and also do the alternative part with it. A lot of my friends kind of got really upset with me because I opted for the conventional, but I believe that the conventional is necessary in many situations, and it's always good to have the alternative side as a complement, you know. And then I used to go also to this Brazilian spiritual center. I used to get healing passes from the spirits. So I'm here today, 14 years later. But during the treatment, it was a tough one because, you know, I remember one day I got to the hospital and they didn't have a chair for me to have chemo.
1: Oh, my. Today is much better. Today is another (laughs) world. You're talking it, about 15 years ago. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I've been battling this since 1996, so for me it's been a 23-year experience, and I've been through it five times, and I've seen some of the changes over the, over the years, and it really is a different world now than it than it used to be. So, well, that's good. Um, I know we only have about a, I don't know, I'm guessing maybe um, a minute. Um Now we don't even have a minute. Let's just go ahead and take a break, and we'll come back on the other side. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about surviving trauma with our guest Janina Piazzetta and i wanted to go back just very quickly and touch back on your breast cancer diagnosis how that came about um why do you think it happened i mean i we all look for reasons why we get cancer and there's not always a reason there but because cancer doesn't discriminate and it doesn't it just goes where it wants and so um but let's talk about that because i don't think we're done with that conversation yet
2: okay uh well as i told you you know the pesticides that i was exposed when i was a child Um, I went through some sexual molestation, and I have learned through my breast cancer support group and with the women there, many of them, they were going through breast cancer, but they had domestic violence at home. Mm. So, you know, our cells are inhaling everything, you know, they're absorbing everything, our behavior, you know, and it has to go somewhere. And also, there are a few things, I don't know, I used to go to university, buy a box of water, put in my car under the sun of 40 degrees, you know, dioxin in a plastic bottle through the sun, or I used to put plastic bottles in the freezer and go to the beach, so, you know, extreme temperatures can cause the dioxin to come out in the water that you are drinking. So there are all these factors, pesticides, emotions that can cause cancer. Now, am I looking for
1: a reason? I don't know. I just face it and I just went through it, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we all know that stress and anything that you're doing when you're going through, you mentioned the emotional um, issues that we sometimes face. Well, stress, you know, is not a A good thing because it can feed cancer that's already in your body and so it's just a lot of different issues and and that's why support groups and and variations of support groups can be very helpful at times because it gives you a place to kind of unload some of that. Well let's talk about the new normal because we hear a lot of that term is is very commonly used now when it comes to cancer survivors and you know really anybody that's surviving some kind of a long-term trauma like that. Um, The new norm what does that mean for you, and how, what is the new norm for you? <laughs> well,
2: you know, I remember when I finished chemo and my hair was growing back, and I, it was weird. I said, wow, why is it taking so long? So I had partial loss of my hair through chemo. It does not happen to everybody, but it did happen to me. So the hot chick that I was weighing one forty two <laughs> beautiful hair blah blah blah, suddenly I gained a lot of weight, and in the middle of radiation, I was diagnosed with uh, thyroid as hypo, so a lot of things change i it's it's breast cancer is it's, it's the only cancer that really changed the 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 women's body image, you know so yeah. Suddenly, I wasn't that hot chick and I was very different to the point that people used to point out. Do you need a hairdresser? I have a very good one. <laughs>
1: um, well, don't kid yourself, first off, you're still a hot chick, so I just right. want to- No, no, of
2: course, <laughs> of course, I mean, I, but, 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 but right in the beginning, you are you like, what's happening, you know? Yeah. And plus, but the emotions, you know, the depression that we go through during the treatment. And remember, one of the side effects of brain injury. Is depression. So plus on top you get breast cancer and you don't know if you're going to survive. And then you have all these side effects and changes in your body. So it's not an easy road, right? I think you went through and you know how it goes.
1: Yeah. And it's and it's not it's not easy. And, you know, just for our listeners that maybe are new to our show um, last week's episode, I think it was last week's was part two of a program on sadness and depression, because, you know, when you go through something like this or like anything, um, there are we do experience sadness, but there is a point where it crosses over into depression or it can. And it's important to know what those signs are, because once it hits that actual depression, we really need help and support for that at a different level. But also so,
2: breast cancer, it's about the hormones and yeah. the hormones leads everything lead everything in mm-hmm. your body from mm-hmm. emotions, sexual desire, everything. And and one of the things that I, I I I really do through my breast cancer organization, I openly speak about sex after breast cancer because I have seen a lot of marriages ending because of that,
1: you know. Why why don't you take a minute and talk more about that, because I I think that's, you just touched on something that's very important and not very often talked about, so what what do you mean by that?
2: Suddenly, you know, many of us, while going through chemo, we become menopause, you know, suddenly Mm -hmm. you don't have, you lose your libido, and you are dry, and you are going through chemo, which it's even more intense with everything together so you don't have a desire for for sex when you do you have pain because you don't have anymore the it's dry you know you, chemo killed all the hormones so therefore lubrification doesn't exist and if you are a woman in a marriage and your husband is always waiting for i mean i don't know which one is worse i i was single when i went through so it's a it's a little different, but with a husband you might be more familiar to open up and say something. But I I learned through many of the women of my group that they were the guys were not the husband was not open to listen to the problem. And actually some of them they just took off. They just moved on. They couldn't deal uh-huh. with that. So it's one it's one of the factors,
1: a side effect of breast cancer that we should talk more about. Because oh, total, I totally agree. It's it, it, it's a difficult subject. And, you know, I've been married almost 40 years and my husband's been with me through all five of my diagnoses. And he's been very understanding and very um, supportive. But I know it's been hard for him, too, at times. And, and I had
2: a few lectures with uh, sexologists, workshops, um uh, Marilyn Volker, she's very famous nationally, she talks about it, and, and then you learn that sex is not only penetration, there are many different ways of having pleasure. So that's what I, my intention was when I used to, you know, talk about sex in lectures and the workshops, to make the, the women feel that it's happening to a lot of us. Yeah, we're
1: but not there alone. Many, there are many other ways to feel pleasure, you know? Well, let's let's talk about um, H3. Let, I want to move to that because we only have a few minutes left. So, um, and I know you kind of told us you started as a support group, but you figured out very quickly that you wanted something more than than that. And so, uh, H3 came about. So, what is what is H3 about today? What are you What are you doing with it today? So How does it work?
2: We are educational. We we kind of we, we are about awareness and prevention. But also, um, we, I create a few programs. For example, we have an annual open panel discussion about cancer. It's an event that we have six panelists, including uh, doctors, pathologists, survivors in the panel. And we, 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 I, my idea, the first one, was what can we do to lower the high rates of cancer diagnosis? And then from there, the second one was due to the answers of the first one. We, we were talking about, you know, it's about me. Everything starts with me, our responsibility, when, mm-hmm. you know. And then this, the third one is about working together, you know. The doctors must work together with the patient. The patient must, must feel free to look for different answers, you know. So, uh, insurance, hospitals, patients... Everybody, doctors, they all should work together with a one unique goal, which is the cure or remission,
1: right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, so uh, this year, because of uh, lack of dates and support, we postponed it to, to next year, May. We're going to do the fourth one. Then, Good. Uh, And this is this is held in Miami, right? In Miami, exactly. Then the fourth one, the the, the, another program that I'm now participating in the Give Miami Day, which is a day of donation, is the H3 Pink Support Line. It's like a hotline. I am doing as an individual. People call me. They just got diagnosed with cancer, and they're more like our strength is with breast cancer. That's Mm -hmm. what we are really. Uh, uh, that's what we know more than anything else mm-hmm. so they're in shock so we, I guide them I navigate the medic system I show them the options you know, the alternative, the conventional but ultimately they have to make the decision what they want to do then I follow up with them you know, I give my networking to them and, and help them because I was there and I had to learn everything on my own so I want to pass on through a program, because imagine how you feel if, you know, you, you are lost in shock and there is an organization that you can call and they can guide you, you know, yeah. no,
1: that's to the great. answers, you know. Yeah, so I, that's what Breast Friends is about too. You know, we we talk with patients, and there are it's so confusing. There is just so much to know, and it's hard to put it all together at times. So, so I I applaud you for, and you're kind of tackling this by yourself. And I had a partner in this when we first started Breast Friends, and I Sharon Hennepin, she used to be my co-host on this show, but she just recently retired, and it's really been um it, I don't think I could have done it on my own. And we kind of both joked many times about how Breast Friends became what it did because there were two of us working together in sync to make it happen. And you you kind of tackled this by yourself. So I my hat's off to you. That's not an easy thing to do and Thank to stay you. focused. Very, Thank very you. impressive. Listen, I want to, um, we only have about three minutes left. So um, I want to ask you about, you have some ideas on changing some laws um, that involve women who need time off from their cancer experience they need time off from work rather uh, so they can deal with their cancer journey but they're taking that time off without pay and I know that's been a concern of yours so what do you see as a possible solution and how can we help and I need the short version <laughs>
2: Please. yeah well as I said before you know it would be great if we could make a difference if we all work together you know my friend she was going through lung cancer she had to work 30 hours as a cashier to pay for the insurance, to to keep her insurance so Mm -hmm. she could go to have chemo and radiation. And if she took off, which she did many times, she didn't get paid and she didn't have the money to pay her bills. So Mm -hmm. we have to work together on this and see what can we do when someone gets diagnosed with advanced cancer and they can't work. And if they don't, they don't have help. So what can we do? We must find together a solution for this because it cut my heart when I saw what she was going through. I helped her as much as I could. And unfortunately, she passed away in March. And, mm-hmm. and, and I said to myself, we have to work on this. Yes, there is a law that you take off a few, six weeks, I think, but you don't get paid. So how are you going to survive if you don't get paid?
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough tough question, and I don't have the answer for that either. Um, but boy, I'll tell you, if you come up with something, let me know, because I would love to have you back on the show, and we can talk about in more detail. And
2: uh, I also how we can say help. something on November twenty first, all day, twenty four hours. Give Miami Day can be international. You know, we we have this program, the H three pink ribbon support line hotline, actually. We want to help people just diagnosed with cancer, but we need financial support. So h3hope.org is the website, and there is a banner, that is a tab, Donate. So November 21st, all day, it's a day of donations for nonprofits. So,
1: and, oh, but I want to say to our listeners, many of them will be listening to this show after November 21st, because it's on podcast form after the live episode, and so... H3HOPE, and it's H, it's the number three, not spelled out, H3HOPE.org. You can go to that at any point in time and make a donation. You don't have to wait for November 21st or, you know, think since it's gone, I've missed it. No, organizations need your support. And with that, I actually have to, we have to end this conversation. And I'm so sad because you've been a delightful guest, but we are we are out of time. So thank you so much Janina, for, thank for you. sharing thank your you for stories with us. Thank yeah. you. Oh, loved and, it. So and I listen to your show every week so oh, good. thank you for what you're doing good. okay good well thank you for listening and to our new listeners um if you're listening for the first time again subscribe to this share our share our podcast with your friends and you can find us on most podcast platforms just search for breast friends podcast and see what comes up on your on your favorite um, podcast app so uh we will be back next week and until then remember there is always hope and we are here to help you find it
0: Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There's always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.